Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike. I think I'm Al. And I believe, accordingly, I am Anton. And I don't know about yourselves, I'm feeling somewhat feel of youth as we record slightly earlier this week. It is, you know, I think it's going to go a little bit off the rails, but it's nice, Mike. Yeah, it is nice, although it was light when we started, but now it is starting to get slightly darker now, Al. <laughs> yeah, we may have had a few, well, a little technical hitch when my computer decided just to just to stop, which is slightly difficult when yeah. you're trying to record a podcast. So we are we're doing this take two. It's a little bit deja vu-y. Um, those in the Patreon uh, Discord chat at the moment are already predicting what we're going to say based on what we've already <laughs> said, which is quite impressive. Now it's a question of do, yeah. we, do we fulfil their prediction or do we just completely go sideways? Just change. Just pretend we're playing other things this week and just like, you know, completely mix it up. Give them a different website address, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe... Yes. Maybe that's not a great idea. Uh, by the way, if you do want to support us like our Patreons and come and join us in our lovely Discord and join us at things like uh, Tomorrow Night's Expansion Chat, which we do monthly, where we get together and we play video games or we have a chat or we do a quiz or whatever. I think tomorrow we're doing Scribble uh, online, which is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, if you want to be part of that and the eight extra podcasts you get on the N64 tier, then you can head to our website. It's nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. All the details there about how you can become a Patreon member. You also get mugs and stuff, Anton. It's a very nice place to be, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And if you want to hear little wee updates on what we've been up to, we are on Twitter and Facebook at NSUK Podcasts, uh, which, you know, you get to see the, the inside tea of what's going on. Yeah, well, you would have seen the, the tea today had you been live recording because you would have seen this all being said previously in a slightly different form, but the same content. And that's how good you get it twice. So good you get it twice in the space of 10 minutes. Al, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> well, I have been slightly letting the side down. I don't think I've actually picked up the Switch all week, sadly. I have been playing on my PlayStation that uh, those who were listening last week will uh, remember I recently got back, having lent it to a 12-year-old for the last two years. So I have been uh, discovering the joys of the Spider-Man game, which is really really good um and i went and bought gran turismo sport so i have been thoroughly enjoying racing with my partner and um i will say i, I may have won 99 of the races i may be pausing on the start finishing line just to to let them catch up but uh i'm still enjoying doing it it's really good i've missed racing games i really miss them i want a good racing game on the switch and um, well i mean there are i would say need for speed and burnout are pretty reasonable definitely check them out they're still great games they're great games but they're not they're not simulator type ones in the same way that Forza and Gran Turismo are well, that's the one we're missing a really good one like a sim style one not the sims but I get I yeah. mean a simulation style one indeed yeah we were so close with uh, Grid Autosport but it just didn't quite hit the nail on the head but uh, nevertheless this uh, past kind of period I have been playing Borderlands 2 I have no idea what's going on but um, managing to kill the odd person here and you know, blood guns. There's a lot of guns. Uh, quite a good time there. And then I've been playing a good bit of PC building simulator, which is really fun because I got to build like an exact replica of the PC that's like 
a couple inches away from me right now, uh, which is exactly why you play video games, uh, true escapism. Uh, and then uh, the kind of true gem of the week, I think, this week is after a lovely recommendation by one of our patrons. Uh, I've been playing the kind of somewhat horror game Carrion, where you actually play as the evil villain. You're kind of a blob thing that floats around and can like sliver through and like squeeze into gaps. Very creepy, but not very scary, but very fun. I've been really enjoying just blobbing around the place. But how about yourself, Mike? What have you been playing over this last period? Well, I have done a bit more on Ace Attorney, the first one, and nearly finished that. I'm nearly on to the last chapter on that, which, as I said before, I've played through before, but I'm going through the trilogy on my uh, handheld late-in-the-evening type gaming. And then the one I've been playing the most is actually Mario Galaxy from the Mario 3D All-Stars triple pack. Uh, 3D All-Stars, that's not what they called it. What did they call it again? That was the SNES version. Is that what they called it, Anton? New Super uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Oh, it is? That's okay. Oh, the new one. Okay, right. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, anyway, the third game, Mario Galaxy, which I have to say, I'm absolutely loving it. And uh, I love the level design. I love the gameplay. Just everything about it. The only weird thing that happened was that I had to come off because I was on something else on the Switch. And I went back on and my 33 lives had become four. And apparently this is a normal uh, a normal thing. So uh, this is what they did in the game, which is really weird. And it was, I guess, to limit people having unlimited lives. I mean, one-ups are pretty easy to come by. I did manage to get them back again pretty quickly. But still, you got I was a bit frustrated about that. But apart from that, it's been fantastic. The level design is one of the best level designs I've seen in-game in any game. It's really, really good. Yeah, I really need to go back and play I'm that glad. game at some point. I did pick it up when it first came out back on no whatever console it was on the Wii, I presume. And I just, I don't know, I, I never got into it. I couldn't get to grips. I think it was the motion controls. It just annoyed me. And it, just, it felt like a barrier to playing the game properly. And I just never went back. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had a Wii and I was really into that era of gaming. But like you didn't play this on the Wii for whatever reason, probably a similar reason. But I will say the control system on here is um, it's not bad at all. The, the way it works is generally just like a normal platform. I would say get past the first level. It's a bit weird to start with. You're a bit like, ooh, this is odd. It's different. Um, but control-wise, it's fine. It's, it's just like any other Mario game other than you've got a cursor that you use with your motion control to grab your star bits. And actually, it becomes really intuitive really quickly. I, I really haven't found it quite easy to to play but i suspect like you i didn't play it through on the the wii for the same reason um and the the look of the game as well anton it looks stunning it, it's the it definitely the best way to play it but it just it's just so well done the game oh i'm, I'm so glad to hear you're having a, a good time with it because i know myself i picked up the collection played super mario 64 and i was going to do all go all through them and then it was like Ah, uh, this one's you know not aged as gracefully. You know it, it is an N sixty four game, but I think Mario Galaxy with it in HD and being able to play with a, a modern controller has perhaps aged the the most gracefully of the collection. So I think I, I need to jump on that very shortly. Yes, thoroughly recommend it. And with that, I think it is time now to move on to this week's news. Tell us the people want to know. First up, Majesco Entertainment, they've announced a new Monster Tale games is in productions. Uh, in, oh, that's a hard sentence. It didn't seem as hard as that to say when I was reading it. Uh, Monster Tale is making a comeback, Anton. Uh, it's a DS platformer, very distinct style as well. And um, yeah, I think this is probably a lot of people are going to be quite happy about this, particularly, I think, if you played it the first time around. 
Yeah, I think this will be for a, a very nice nostalgic market of the you know DS, and I believe there was a sequel on the 3DS. Uh, not the biggest title in the world. It's kind of a little bit Mega Man-y uh, and its gameplay. The the art style was kind of anime-ish as they could get on the DS. So it's going to be interesting to see how they modernize this title for a new audience because I think whereas there was maybe less Mega Man-ish style games on the DS, it's a tougher crowd now. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to differentiate this title. Yeah, because I mean, I, I never played the originals, but as I understand, it was sort of a combination of sort of half platformer and half pet management, which seems like a really weird combination. But clearly, I mean, it worked. It was on the the DS and I think they did one of the 3DS as well <clears throat> I don't know if it was a remake or a sequel or what it was but yeah I mean bringing it to Switch seems like an interesting thing and if apparently they're going to carry on their pixel art style so it should be familiar I suppose to those who played the previous iterations and uh, hey we'll, we'll wait and see what comes out of it to be honest the as you say there's an awful lot of Mega Man style games on the Switch so it's going to have to try really really hard to stand out from the crowd and hey, maybe pet management is the way to do that. What do I know? Yeah, well, the management games in general do quite well, so it would make sense. I think anyone that had a Tamagotchi knows that pet management can work very well in a computer <laughs> format. Uh, Steel Art Software have announced Grey Skies, a War of the Worlds story for the Nintendo Switch. It's an ambitious indie game adopting, uh, sorry, adapting H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, coming out in several months. I have to say, if it looks anything like the trailer, Anton, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, you know, I think it's maybe fallen by the, you know, through the cracks a little for not looking like a true modern AAA. But to be honest, if it was like maybe five, ten years earlier, it would be top tier level in terms of presentation. Um, You know, it's got a bit of horror elements in there, a bit of action elements in there. Um, You know, very involved. It looks fairly impressive. Um, I'm quite keen on this one. It does. It does look absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's been kicking around on Steam since the tail end of last year. I think it came out in November. So it's not a new, new game. But it's uh, it, it looks really, really, really pretty on other platforms. I just hope we can get it looking as pretty on the Switch. The curious thing is the reviews for it are very mixed. Um, but... Most of them seem to say if you stick with it past the first hour, hour and a half, it turns into a really good game. But if you only play it for an hour or so, then it, it's a bit meh. Which is interesting. So uh, I'm fascinated to see if they tweak or change anything when they bring it to the Switch, or if we literally just get a straight port of it uh, that we can play. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's a stealth-based single player, for those that don't know. It's kind of the third-person perspective, um, 3D kind of perspective. And it's it, what I like about it is the... English countryside scenes because we don't see enough of those games that are set in the UK and I, I really like the sort of the setting of it and the feel of it. it reminds me a little bit of a British Alan Wake that kind of vibe uh, in its setting and actually as you say Anton if we'd seen this five ten years ago I think you're right I think people would have been really kind of oh this is exciting and it is but I think even just for it being an indie developer you've got to applaud their ambition yeah I you know if it was you know any more polish, I think it wouldn't be far cry to, you know, compare it to the likes of Alan Wakes and the the other title Remedy's been making, like Control, because it does have that, you know, immersive storytelling in a third person setting, but also kind of creepy vibes to it, which I, I think, you know, could find a good home on the Switch, where I think the the bar for graphical fidelity might be a little bit lower than it would be on, let's say, PC or a PlayStation or like. 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, next up, Focus Home Interactive have announced Curse of the Dead Gods for Nintendo Switch, the top down, uh, top down roguelike dungeon crawler. Reminds me very much of Hades, which gets a lot of love. And um, yeah, it looks pretty good, but it's going to have to be very good, Anton, if it gets people to stop playing Hades and play this instead. I was thinking that exact thing. I was looking at this. I'm like, this would be a very fun game. It's kind of got that Diablo-esque gameplay. But I know for a lot of people, you know, Hades is on a lot of lists, including my own, where I'm looking at this. I'm like, this could be very good, but I know what else I would be buying. But I think for people who've maybe already played that title or just loves this kind of genre of top-down roguelikes. I know a lot of roguelikes are kind of going for the Castlevania vibe, so this is a little bit of a departure in that regard. This might be kind of a title to be putting on their list, Al. Yeah, I mean, the combat system apparently is excellent in it. It's 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 a really, really good roguelite. It's just a question of, do you want to play another one? They've got a huge selection to play, to pick from. But it gets exceptionally good reviews from, uh, from the earlier reviewers on other platforms. So... I can't imagine this is going to be um, taxing the Switch too much because it's it's what I would call a fairly standard-looking game these days in a, in a good way, not a bad way, in a good way. So uh, if that's your cup of tea, then it's well worth looking at. Yeah, and uh, it's coming out on the 23rd of February, if it is your cup of tea. Next up, it's from Chrome Interactive. They've officially announced and fully funded Tie the Tasmanian Tiger 2 Bush Rescue HD for the Switch 3D platformer set in Australian Outback. The first one is out, as we mentioned. I know you've been playing it recently again, uh, Anton, and you were commenting the other week how you felt it was uh, very much a clone of another well-known title. Yeah, you know, that original title was uh, a little bit closer to the likes of your Banjo-Kazooie's, but with Australian voice acting and a little bit more modern as it was a PS2, GameCube and original Xbox title. From memory, this was the best of the franchise and, you know, it's exciting to see it get funded because, you know, overall they managed their Kickstarter very well and as somebody who's always shied away, it's like, oh, I might actually jump into it because, you know, last time around they delivered everything basically on the nose of when it came out. So uh, exciting to see them continuing to do great stuff and uh, show some love to a, a franchise that's kind of been forgotten. It does look absolutely amazing. I mean, I'd never played any of these games. And to be fair, until you started talking about them, I hadn't actually even heard of them. But they just look so up my street. They look amazing. Plus, the small the small details of that I love. When you watch the sort of the release trailer for it, they sort of scroll through all the improvements they're making to the game over the original. And they've got in there things like, Ranger Ken had a manicure. <laughs> thylacine physiology simulation there's all the random stuff they just chucked in there and yeah. i like a good laugh any game that makes me laugh is all right in my book and this just looks like a bundle of fun yeah the kickstarter is um, interesting in sorry anton the kickstarter is interesting in that no, no. for 20 dollars you can get your name in the backer credits an early invite to the pre-order store and a code uh, for your platform of choice as well so actually i can see why they've potentially funded it very quickly as well as the love it's got for it. it seems like they've been sensible with their their goals and their and their rewards yeah i think uh they've we're, we're starting to get to a nice place within the games where um and kickstarters rather where they're they're not overshooting their ambition because i think uh as we'll get to there's some indie games from like a couple years back when they were doing their kickstarters that added so many reward tiers that the game's like impossible to live up to them so uh, it's nice to see a kickstarter being handled well 
Yeah, absolutely. Next up, according to Nico Partners, Daniel Ahmed, or Ahmad, uh, the Switch has sold over 4 million units in China, making it the market leader in the region. Of course, Tencent deal with the uh, Nintendo stuff and distribution over in China. Uh, not hugely surprised, Al, because it's... it. Well, first of all, it took so long to get there. Secondly, there for people in China, as much as I know... Uh, that it's difficult to sort of see what's going on in the rest of the world, they will have been aware of the Switch and its existence for some time. And I suspect there was a lot of people waiting for it as well. They didn't have to kind of prove themselves in the way that a lot of other new consoles did because it was already out worldwide for a good while. Yeah, I mean, 4 million in a fairly short space of time is phenomenal uptake. That has just flown off the shelves. And actually, it sort of goes some way to explain why there was a sort of shortage everywhere else on the planet trying to get hold of them. They were all over in China being sold. And it really, when when we think about Nintendo's sales numbers and how they're doing so well stacking up against all these other consoles, I sort of forget that they literally just launched in a whole new massive market. And actually... From a Nintendo point of view, that is a really good indicator that this year they're going to keep growing at a phenomenal rate. And I mean, I've been reading a few speculations recently that we're not going to get the Switch Pro this year because the Switch is still selling too well. And actually, when you start thinking about markets like China, where it's not long been launched, maybe gives a bit of credibility to some of those um, analysts who are saying, yeah, it's going to be 2022 before you get Pro. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Yeah, I think you, you bring up a very good point there where um, it would really be an awful thing that, you know, you buy your, your Switch and then like a year later or six months later, you've got Switch Pro, so that could be very possible, but... It's interesting to look at the console industry uh, through a lens that's not had consoles for several decades where the you know right now the selling point for buying a, a PlayStation and an Xbox would be the larger software library of AAA stuff but with the really tight censorship of especially things like violence where you can't have dead bodies in your games uh, you know that takes out so many shooters and third person games or even your GTAs or um, not even that like some more PG stuff, you you get rid of those and they're needing to get censorship. So you lose a huge amount of that library. And if you've, you know, been used to having, let's say, a phone or a tablet, having this dedicated console box under your TV seems a, a little bit weird when you could get a Switch. Uh, so it makes total sense that to a first-time game console owner, the Switch would be the, the, golden, the golden egg, Mike. Yeah, well, it, it is. We've seen that not just in China but all over the world and I think it will continue to be for a bit yet. Disney have announced Lucasfilm Games which is a division to manage LucasArts video game rights such as Star Wars and Indiana Jones so this means that EA is no longer going to have exclusive ownership over the Star Wars IP. So far Ubisoft have announced that they're working on a new Star Wars project. This is 
probably, I think, a good thing because Battlefront uh, was it Battlefront? Is that the yeah Battlefront? It yeah. was. It was. I liked the first one. Uh, the second one I never played. Um, but actually, Ubisoft. We've seen Ubisoft do well, good things and bad things. But we've seen them do good things with the Mortals, the Phoenix. What's it called again? Mortals Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix Rising. Rising or something. Yeah. Phoenix Rising. Um, so we've seen them do good things with that. We've seen them obviously over the years with Assassin's Creed. So actually. I'm kind of excited about... I mean, I would like another... I'd like a Knights of the Old Republic-style game done now that would work on the Switch. And I think if anyone can do that, Ubisoft might be the ones I'll... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a pedigreed company these days, and they're actually one of the... I would almost go out so far as to say they're one of the good ones. They've had a few issues with releasing things a bit too early and day one patches and all that kind of stuff. But the games they produce tend to be pretty good games. So handing the uh, handing the reins, should we say, of Star Wars and Indiana Jones over to them and indeed other companies is exciting. It would be nice to get some new games, particularly actually Indiana Jones games, because we've not had a, a good Indiana Jones game for a very, very long time. And that's an IP that you could do some really cool stuff with. Just look at Uncharted. If you took Uncharted, pasted Indiana Jones onto the top of it. They would be amazing games. So Yeah, and I've it's, got one, a, it's one we don't have a lot of that type of game on the Switch either. Yeah, I've got a lot of excitement building with what could come out of this uh, newly released uh, reigns on these IPs. So, yeah, cautiously optimistic. What do you, what do you make of it, Anton? Uh, well, sadly, I wouldn't get your hopes up for Indiana Jones because uh, Microsoft and Machine Games, it's guys that made uh, Wolfenstein have already snagged up that one so we won't be seeing that on the Switch but that is happening so that'll be really cool but uh, yeah I think that the most exciting thing about this is EA has been really awful in terms of Switch support you know they've gave us the old 10 year old game which is nice but they, they haven't done as much as Ubisoft and any other company in the industry so being able to like, say hand out the, the range so let's say you know, they could do like a Star Wars RPG by Square Enix. That's in the realm of possibility. So, you know, handing out that IP to somebody who isn't really bad on the Switch side would be really exciting for getting more titles on the go. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how that develops. Next up, Nintendo showcased a new trailer for Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. We spoke about this in our discord channel for our patrons the trailer focused on the new bowser fury dlc i pre-ordered this i've gone and changed my pre-order to the steelbook version now just because it's actually not that badly <laughs> priced for a steelbook and i i really enjoyed 3d world on the wii u but the bowser's fury stuff anton i've got to say it looks really good oh absolutely i think especially now that you know the switch is uh well into its life you know they can't just port over a deluxe version of game and people will buy it because there's nothing else because you know we have like four other 3d marios on the switch already so having them put so much effort into this browser's fury thing looks awesome i like that it takes itself way too seriously in the way that i love sonic adventure 2 where they blow up the moon <laughs> um i'm i'm in love with this one Al. It, it does look very very um i, I don't want to use the word adorable but it, it's very engaging and i particularly love in the trailer when mario supersizes himself up to meet supersize was he like lava bowser or something it just looks epic <laughs> frankly <laughs> it looks like a lot yeah, of fun so, in there. Um, it's yeah. quite great. They had to do an official statement coming out because uh, fans were starting to dub that uh, giant Bowser is like God Slayer Bowser. And then Nintendo had to come out and be like, he's not God Slayer Bowser, we promise. Bowserzilla? 
Yeah, it's cool. I got to say, it looks a lot of fun, and I think the fact that the DLC looks fairly substantial. Also, they did reveal that you'll be able to play it. Um, instead, you don't have to go through the whole of the 3D world to play Bowser's Fury. I think that's a really important part uh, point as well. And um, they also shared some new info as well just today about uh, about it as well, saying so. This is what it says on the website, on Nintendo website. It says something bad has happened to Bowser. He's been tainted by a mysterious black goop, turning him into a humongous monster bent on total destruction. It's up to Mario and an unlikely companion to travel across a series of islands on Lake Lapcat to collect the mysterious cat shines by completing different platforming challenges and harness their power to stop the terrifying Fury Bowser. With his Papa-transformed Bowser Jr.'s only hope to save Dad lies with his greatest enemy. Piloting his Koopa Clown car, the young prince joins Mario on his quest, copying all of his moves, helping him take out enemies and uncover power-ups and other secrets that'll help you out. Pass a Joy-Con to a friend and play in local co-op with one player taking control of the little tyke directly to assist in your hunt for the cat shines. And it goes on like this for a bit. So there's quite a lot of info that's come out about it as well. So it sounds great. I'm I'm enthusiastic about it and uh, looking forward to getting on it as well. Uh, next up, EA have set to outbid Take-Two to buy Codemasters for $1.2 billion. Yeah, huge catalogue of games for Codemasters. Um, Alistair, I was saying last week about how I've got the Codemasters Evercade cart coming soon with some classic Codemasters games in there. Um, but it is, it's uh, there's some great titles in there and they go way back, very historical kind of company that have, uh, yeah, a lot of quality there. And uh, I can see, I'm kind of, I'm hoping Take-Two come back with another bid. <laughs> That's all oh, I'll say. Absolutely. I mean, Take-Two are our friends. We like Take-Two because they produce good games and they're slightly more Switch friendly than than those other people over at EA. <clears throat> so, yeah, this is not good Electronic news. Electronic hats. Yes, exactly. Uh, as much as I hope Take-Two come back and have another bid, I don't think it's going to happen. I think EA's pockets are just too deep, frankly. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think it's less deep, but I think EA has much more to gain. Because... Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going back and forth on this being a good and bad thing. EA has such a reputation for gutting studios for talent and then just leaving like an IP that's worthless. Like Bioware is barely a shell of its older self. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of me is on the good side. I'm like, you know what? Maybe handing over Need for Speed and Burnout to like the kings and experts of racing games could be nice. But, um, you know, I'm not going to give EA that trust, so... Uh, let's hope for the best moving forwards. Yeah, it is. It's a double thing. I mean, I think the EA do have some plus points in terms of what they could do. The problem is, will they do the good stuff? Probably not. That's the worry. And uh, uh, loot boxes and things I can see all over the games. Although not necessarily a loot box, but the equivalent. Next up, the Crash Bandicoot cartoon has been cancelled, Anton, which is a bit of a shame. We've been talking quite a lot about cartoons and uh, and and kind of you know tie-ins with video games. Obviously, we've talked about anime as, as well because of the anime tie-ins with the app that's coming. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a shame because I think Crash Bandicoot as a cartoon would be really cool. Yeah, it's a weird one where it was uh, kind of leaked as by somebody kind of showing off some portfolio work, showing it off. The the rumour has it that it was in development as a collaboration between Activision and Amazon. And it was going to be a 2D sort of thing where, I don't know, it just never quite captured the, the Crash Bandicoot magic for me. I don't know, it was not quite there, so I'm not too torn up about losing this IP 
kelp potential show, especially since he's basically just high the Tasmanian tiger uh, in a TV setting. So, you know, we've already got that. How about yourself, Alan? <laughs> uh, listen, mate, I, you guys know I've not really played any Crash Bandicoot, so I've got no particular love for the IP. It's a bit of a shame, but if it was going to be something good, it's a shame they're not making it. Am I going to lose any sleep over it? Probably not. I think I will sleep quite soundly. Couple updates on the 3D world and Bowser's Fury. They're getting an updated box art for it, uh, which, or sorry, it's had an updated box art, which is quite cool. If you, you might have spotted that if you're uh, if you're looking at the game anywhere, or if you've gone for your pre-order. Also, the eShop, they've replaced the icon with Cat Mario, which I think is is a nice little touch because we do like to see a little bit more of, um, you know, a little bit sort of more variation on the eShop. I did spot that the other day. And Nintendo's also announced a new Nintendo Switch. We talked about this at length um, this week because I think a lot of people were ooh that looks quite nice and it's a Mario Red and Blue edition in the UK also has a bonus carrying case with a total price of $299.99 in the US it'll include Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury the first thing I will say is it's a real shame (laughs) they didn't include the game with it like they have in the Medical I know I sort of feel like we're being cheated why are we getting a carry case or just a carry case and they get a game harumph (laughs) unless they're going to charge more in the States for it otherwise I'm grumpy. I'm back to my default grumpy position. Harumph. Ah, mm. uh, you'll you'll be pleased to know that they are charging more in the states, and I think with a, a console with so many other Mario games, having it without probably wise. Although they didn't do it with Animal Crossing, I think they just don't like doing it in the UK. They don't include the game with the limited edition console. Mm. Okay. Mad, mad company, but it's really nice to see a Switch limited edition that has a good bit of effort put into. Like yeah. they've actually changed the color of the tablet for once and the dock. It's not just grey with like slightly greyer swiggles on it. It's fantastic. <laughs> cool. They've missed I like, a trick. I, like it. I don't know why they've done it yeah. just Mario. Why did they not do a Luigi one? They could have released two and you could have had a Mario Luigi off so you can sell more. Something oh, fun Give like them that. time. Uh, you get a Bowser <laughs> one soon. Thing I'm is, hoping for that year of Luigi 2023. Thing is, that's, as well, that's what I'm dreaming for. It's you know you'll you'll get some people that are filthy rich that'll probably buy these and keep them sealed, and sell them for an absolute fortune in ten years' time because I think these are the kind of ones that will will stay. You know, you see some of the limited edition of old consoles go on eBay for ridiculous money. So, yeah, it's cool. I like it. I I would be into that if I could justify another switch, which I cannot. Next up, 3DS and Wii U software discounts have been removed from my Nintendo. I, I, we're not going to dwell on that because there's not really much point. We know that um, 3DS and Wii U, it's being discontinued. It's not a priority. It is a shame, though. Does this mean, Anton, just to clarify, does that mean, um, is it just discounts on the games or does that mean if you've saved up discounts that you lose them? I I'm not really aware of how it works. Uh, yeah, basically you, you would save up your coins and if you're planning to, to buy the discounts, you can no longer do that. So you can maybe download a wallpaper or something right. else, which, right. to be honest... I think they should probably shut down those stores because the pricing on them hasn't changed since they were relevant. Yeah, classic. So you're Nintendo. still playing fifty pounds for like three D World, for instance. Good Lord. Or, uh, yeah. Well, actually, that's part of the Nintendo Select, so that would be twenty pounds. But all the other games are basically as if they were brand new titles. So they should probably just shut down the entire store at this point. Yeah, they're not always <laughs> the best at looking at these things, Nintendo. They sort of just don't... Oh, well, it's done. That's fine. That'll do. Next up, Nintendo have begun to take down Game & Watch hacking videos, but only ones that show other NES games running. 
Uh, which again, you know, we talk about we have one a week at least of these takedown type things, Alistair, and uh, not really surprised that they've decided not to let people do that. But yeah, kind of uh, cool to I watch. I mean, yeah, they're not taking they're not taking them down because they're people hacking them because people can do that perfectly legally. They're only taking them down because they're showing other NES games, which violates their copyright. So it's literally they're just protecting copyrighty stuff. If you want to go and hack it and put anything else on, feel free! Nintendo can't do a darn thing about it. But if you put a Nintendo IP on it, it's going to come down, sadly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Um, yeah. I, I think to add Anton to that. Um, yeah, I think there there's some people that are speculating that this maybe means that they're going to have other version of Game & Watches, um, which I think is a fun idea. It's been quite prevalent on Twitter, but to be honest, I think Nintendo's just found an excuse to take down some of the hacking videos. Yeah. So you can have Doom, but you're not having Mario like free or whatever ones are not in the collection. Yeah, that seems about right. Uh, just a couple of bits of news to give you very quickly. Nintendo have announced Super Mario Bros. 35th anniversary pin set wave 2 which is cool if you want to get in on the collecting and the Super Nintendo World's opening has been delayed from its original February opening date which given the world situation right now is not a huge surprise Al are you going to be running out to get those wave 2 35th anniversary pins? Um, well if you go back 20 years ago I might have done because when I was about 10 I suppose I used to collect pins so I might have then if you get me a DeLorean I'll go you're very ambitious to say that 20 years ago you were 10 that is ambitious Al <laughs> oh yeah I'm nearly 40 aren't I yeah okay so ne- <laughs> nearly 30 years ago I was trying to de-age me hey you claimed you were 25 last week so I mean I'm not doing quite right, as badly as you I'll admit I'm not. I'm 31. Right, next up, uh, <laughs> Nintendo. So, uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night gets its classic mode update. And another game that gets pretty good, uh, while well, a lot of people really like it. Was there not issues with the Switch port on this, Anton? I can't remember if this was the one that had the, yeah, the issues. It had a really rough, rough launch, but they have went in there and fixed it up and made it run a little bit better and... Uh, adjust it to be honest because it's still kind of an ugly game even when it runs well uh so you know maybe classifying it would be for the the great good but it's amazing this would have been a, a was originally a pre-order bonus and it's just taken years not a pre-order bonus a kickstarter bonus because mm. they had like pages of things they added to the game because they hit so many goals and it's just now making it to the switch uh or just to any of the versions but yeah, I think the game's slowly getting there. The the spin-offs, from what I can gather, are actually better. The actual genuine 8-bit spin-offs are like £8. So, cool. you know, maybe give them a little we go. Yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is coming to Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 as a new character. I have the first of these games, Al, and they are good fun. I think we might have played them at one point when we were allowed to be in the same room. And uh, that's kind of cool. I think, I think characters in there might just add an extra element to it. I don't know. We've discussed this before. I haven't played the demo. I think it's a demo for the second one, so I should really check that out. But um, I think, you know, it's again, it's a nice little tie-in, isn't it? Oh, it's a cheeky little cameo. And everyone loves a cheeky little cameo. Although I'm intrigued what the characters actually do in Puyo Puyo Tetris because I can't remember oh, them. Yeah, when you there. get a line or something like that. Sure, bring it on. That sounds great fun. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it'll be. It'll literally be a come on or whatever Like every time you do something good because that's what most of them do in that game. Uh, next up, Masahiro uh, Sakurai thinks of Cyberpunk 2077 as a dream game project. Um, yeah, I mean, dream game, Anton, in principle. I wouldn't say it was a dream launch <laughs> for the game, though. <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah, they, they definitely hit some bumps, but 
It was very interesting. He was discussing the title in his most recent Famitsu article. And it's interesting where you can clearly tell he's interested in the project as somebody who's worked in the industry and sees one of the most ambitious projects of all time just like imploding. He's like, hmm, this is interesting. I must I must learn from the mistakes of the fallen. <laughs> mm, yeah. You played it, y'all. No, I don't think I've got any platform that is vaguely capable of even thinking about running it. I think every computer in this house, if it, if I said the words Cyberpunk 2077, it would probably implode into a crumpled ball of plastic and metal. Well, your PS4 definitely would, by reports, <laughs> so, <laughs> it seems. Uh, next up, Hitman 3 is going to be launching on the Switch alongside the PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Xbox Series games. So again, this will be with the... What do they call it now? What's the, what's the technical term they call it for the online version, Anton? The, not like a, the cloud streaming? Cloud streaming. The cloud That's version. The word. Yeah, cloud version. Yeah, so uh, so yes, it's um, good news. And, I, you know, if it runs like Control did, it should do a reasonable enough job. Control was okay. We, we both tried it out and tested it in different modes. I think the for me, if memory serves me, the 30 frame per second mode worked better than the 60 uh, just in terms of the gameplay and I didn't really notice much of a problem on 60 I did notice more but then it could be an internet thing um, but yeah I'm pretty positive about this I know we've got our negative points about this type of gaming but I think for those that don't have other ways of playing it like me it might be an option Anton yeah you know it's um, exciting to see it kind of get the treatment I'm hoping um, as we speculated last week with the uh, fake very credible uh, Switch leak that it doesn't become a kind of an opt-out thing or people opt for it rather than doing a genuine Switch port. But for the odd fringe cases of games that are on the cutting edge, uh, it would be lovely to get more of these. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm quite excited to see this running. Uh, I don't know if we're getting a demo. Has anybody heard if we're getting a demo for it? Well, we got a control demo, so I might, I would not be surprised if we get a time limited one again, where we get ten minutes, because they are going to try and they're going to have to sell this to people, not based on the game, but based on the concept. Yeah, based on the streaming. There's so many people like me who haven't actually tried streaming games yet on pieces of hardware like the Switch that I think this would be a perfect opportunity for them to to give it another another go and just keep keep putting these really really high end games in front of us that the hardware isn't necessarily capable of running locally but it will still let us enjoy it. And I, uh, I I do want to try it. To be fair, I've not played a Hitman game since I think maybe the first one, and I was terrible mm. at it. So I would quietly try and give it a shot again these days. Maybe they should have streamed Cyberpunk to the PS4. That might have done a better job than <laughs> the PS4 did. Uh, next up, Colourpop have announced Animal Crossing makeup lines. So if you want to do your makeup in the pastely goodness colours of Animal Crossing, Anton, you now have that option. Absolutely, they have. Uh, I believe they have a bunch of contour and eye stuff, and uh, a bunch of like big blush palettes, uh, all based on different characters. There has been some complaints that it's not the best for people of darker complexion, uh, which is a shame because that is just kind of the nature of pastel colors and makeup. But hopefully, mm. this does well enough where they can do a second run of it and maybe get some uh, better uh, options out there for everyone. Yeah, it's quite um, a cool little tie-in. I mean, I have to say, now that my other half is playing Animal Crossing regularly, I have kind of almost been sucked into that world. I'll look at it and go, oh, that looks fun. Oh, I see what you're doing today. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of fun. Really? I uh, To be yeah. fair, actually, I shouldn't sound surprised because you, you, you strike me as probably being 
the kind of person that would get sucked into it and re-enjoy it because it's a good game and it's the kind of game you enjoy playing. Uh, I'm amazed you've managed to hold out this far without buying a copy yourself because I thought you'd be a day one purchaser of it. I can't do it because I just know that I wouldn't play anything else and that is the problem with it. Um, But we'll see. I might relent at some point. Next up, um, uh, Hideki Kamiya says he hopes (laughs) to share more on... Well, it depends on your pronunciation. I have a friend called who calls himself Hideki in Japan. So, do you? Um, Hideki or Hideki, depending. Says he hopes to... She, he might be just be having me on, though. Uh, says that he hopes to share more on Bayonetta 3 in 2021. Um, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Wouldn't it, Anton? Yeah, I almost find this a little bit troubling where, you know, if the game was due for a, a late 2020 or you know, 2021 release date, you know, he would maybe saying something along the lines of, we, we will be sharing something this year if it was within the next one or two years windows. But the fact it's in the, you know, we we might, we would like to, makes me worry that this game still has maybe one or two more years to go on it. And it's, um you know, I think this game got announced 2000, not 2000, 2017 or something like that, May 2018. It has been in the, the pipeline for quite a while. So, you know, Hopefully it's not being rushed or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this game's like because it's been in the oven for what feels like forever, Al. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just being told by the marketing department, keep Steam for now, we want to announce and release, as has been the case with quite a few games in the relatively recent past. So let's just hope that that's all it is. Let's keep it behind closed doors until we're ready to announce the whole thing and then boom, here you go, have a nice shiny new game because we have been waiting a very, very long time for it. Would be very nice indeed. And with that, it is now time to move on to this week's rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... First up, I'm going to talk about one that we haven't got on the list, but I think we should talk about, and that's Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighbourville, which we, I thought, had been announced. But actually, no, it appears officially it hasn't been announced. But um, we now have the listings of it, and the listings appear to say from different stores that it's going to be released on the 19th of March this year. It'll be the ultimate edition, or sorry, the complete edition, um, which sounds good. I I think it's a game that the first one had a really good play base uh, when I played it on the PS4 and uh, or the Xbox 360 it might have been actually. The second one was good but not quite as, for me, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as the first one and I've heard that this one is a little, you know, it's not quite the same as the first one either. But the thing about this is great is it's on the Switch. I feel like if they're going to get an audience for this game, the Switch is the platform because we haven't got that many shooters and we certainly don't have many in this vein, Anton. And um, I'm, well, I'll, I'll buy this because I, I love the first one. So uh, I think I've got quite high hopes for it. Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm quite excited for this one as a, a title that is made by Activision, not Activision, excuse me, ERs. Electronic Arts, uh, that is, you know, fairly modern uh, in its look. You know, it doesn't feel like, you know, unlike the Hot Pursuit remaster that you're buying a 10-year-old game. You know, it's maybe five years old, and I think the style, the aesthetic, and the gameplay of it will look contemporary enough where you can buy it on the Switch, it'll look like you're buying a modern title, and, you know, hopefully that will mean it'll sell better and we can gain the support of Active, uh, not Activision, EA, to get more games on the Switch. Um, and overall, should be hopefully all right. Hopefully, they can kind of polish out some of the the quirks they had with the original re- release. Because I think, to be honest, that was kind of part of them just doing like free games back to back to back. 
that now they can maybe just make a, a greatest hits a little. Yeah, you'd like to think they might give it a bit of love, but I mean, this is this is EA, so it's probably not going to get much of a remaster. I'm a bit worried, actually, because, I mean, I know how much Mike loved these games, and actually, I think you are the only person I know that ever bought or played them. So I think they, in the in this terms of mass appeal, I don't think it's actually got a huge base. Admittedly, it was a relatively successful game, but I, I'm hoping that it does better than it has in the past just because there's less competition for this specific style this very irreverent style that um, Plants vs Zombies first person shooters have it's, it's really really fun and cutesy but very very tongue in cheek very very stupid and there's 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 a few games out there don't get me wrong but it might do better now with the Switch base than it did in the past that's what I'm hoping but yeah I, I think every confidence that EA are going to mess it up and not do it properly <laughs> From the from memory, the 360 version I think sold really quite well. Um, it was bundled with um, Peggle at one point. Was it? Um, yeah, in a weird bundle, and um, I th- I'm pretty sure it did really well. I'm just double checking here. Yeah, I mean that um, might be my own limited experience. I just know you were the only person I knew that had it, other than me, because you convinced yeah. me to buy it so we could play it. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe the the situation was that Garden Warfare, the first one of these shooter ones, came out as a, a launch title for the Xbox One and had a 360 port. So the 360 port did sell well because, you know, to be honest, at that point, it was kids playing the Xbox 360. And then there was the Xbox One one that was just on a console that everybody particularly hated at that moment and was getting murdered by the PS4. So I think, but overall sold well. And then they did like Garden Warfare 2 and then this one like a couple years after back to back where it kind of, you know, I think it was a novel game once, but they did it a couple times in a row. It hurt the franchise overall. Yeah. But now that there's been some breathing room, uh, I'm with you, Mike, where I think with the the space, it could be interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It's seen here that since its initial Garden Warfare release, 8 million players have played the game since release. So ah, That's um, not an insignificant number, is it? That's impressive. No. No, I mean, that's the first one. And I think Anton's right with that point. That I think as they went on, they possibly outstayed their welcome as a unique idea. So I think this is what's great about it. Switch was the perfect place for it. We say that about a lot of games, but this oh, is one where it's it should be a Switch game. It, it makes absolute sense. Next time, Nintendo have updated... Uh, next up, even. Nintendo have updated its Direct Archive webpage a couple of times last week, and fans have begun to speculate. I did see quite a lot of talk about a Direct coming, Anton, and it f- appears that if it does come, it's going to be... I mean, usually the first one of the year is a pretty biggie anyway. Oh, absolutely. And, I, you know, to be honest, I think our theory that, you know, Nintendo was going to have a bit of a drought uh, because they got in a habit of announcing games far too out and then they'd move to announcing them and then just releasing them. You know, a year or so, maybe even a year and a half now has lapsed in that time frame where we're going to be getting to the point where they could maybe start doing directs again and then just releasing the games in a couple of weeks. So we might be getting to a new era of directs entirely, which would be incredibly exciting. Uh, I don't know if now's a little bit early, but I, I would love that to not be the case and us to kind of start hearing about new games again. That would be very exciting. Yeah, yeah very I, much. I, Sorry, on you go, Mike. No, I was just going to say the same thing. I I've, I've really would like... I mean, because I think the problem here, you've got, you've got this kind of weird crossroads at the moment for the Switch, because if you hold back the Pro for a year, I think there are certain players who will start to get fed up and... 
and slightly frustrated with that. Other people won't mind, myself included, have such a backlog of games, I'm not bothered. But I think if you're going to hold back the Pro for another year, which I think might be the case, you're going to have to announce some big games in this 2021 season. Yeah, yeah, we are, we've had a bit of a drought. Uh, and, I mean, other than Bowser's Fury, which, let's face it, is more of a DLC add-on type thing we haven't had a big game formally announced for a while and we are long overdue on we've had lots of really really good um, partner showcases and some some interesting stuff's come through but we are ready for some nice big announcements nintendo please yes agreed next up the essex police force have issued a statement about too many people playing pokemon go hunting during uh going Pokemon Go hunting. I was thinking, gosh, this is a new DLC they've got uh, during lockdown. And um, yeah, I mean, just again, just reiterating the point, we are in a pandemic. So be sensible about what you're doing. If you're doing it whilst you're out on your exercise, then I suspect you're probably all right if you're following the rules because that is exercise as you're doing it. But if you're stopping and loitering for too long, you'll probably get told to move on, Al. Yeah, very much. The, uh, the guidance is stay at home. So, yeah, I mean, leaving your house to go hunting for Pokemon is probably not advisable. If you happen to be, as you say, out anyway, and you happen to see a Pokemon, feel free to quickly collect it. But just bear in mind, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay at home. It's it's not yeah. difficult stuff to do, people. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's quite, you know, fortunately, uh, living outside of a city. And I, I saw this news, I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll stay inside. Yeah, yeah, we'll just... Uh, sadly enough. Stick to staying inside. Uh, next up, Spanish fan site Centro Pokemon. Uh, say sources have shared remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl will be revealed for Switch next month, which would tie in with a direct, surely, and um, if that is anything to go on. And you could see, can you imagine, Anton, the absolute delight that this would cause if this was true? Yeah, you know, it's not quite on the same level, but you know when there's that slight phase when everybody who doesn't like Animal Crossing was tired of people begging for Animal Crossing? Mm-hmm. Same with Super Smash Bros. And, you know, this game's slowly getting to that level of it's the only thing Pokemon fans want in the universe. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's exciting to see it come along. I'm just baffled that there's so much Pokemon in the world. There, uh, it really <laughs> is, isn't there? I'm but, guessing you know, this will be Pokemon Let's Go Diamond and Pokemon Let's Go Pearl, I presume, considering the fact that uh, Eevee and Pikachu were just a remix of the first gen. So it, it could be could be kind of fun. But yeah, there is there is so much Pokemon. But Nintendo did tell us, or rather the Pokemon company did tell us, there's going to be a lot of Pokemon coming. And they were right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't play Pokemon, but I say bring it on because it's great and it's such a core part of Nintendo and what they do. It's such a Nintendo thing and a Nintendo fr- franchise that I think they absolutely should be giving uh, giving the people what, what they want. Tell us. The people want to know more about Pokemon, that kind of thing, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's definitely <laughs> a, the way they should go. Give us. The people want to play. Yes, there we go. We should record a new one for them and send it to them. That might persuade them. Okay, that is it for our rumours. And with that, we can now move on to this week's quiz. I have so many questions. We can indeed. And uh, like last week, I have literally just picked up Mike's format and I'm running with it. Uh, This week, I'm intrigued to see if you get the games. One is very niche one is slightly niche but you never know you you may oh, have no. stumbled across and played both of them for all i know so uh let's just uh, kick off so far i think anton won last week so it's one nil to anton uh mm-hmm. let's see how we get on game okay. number one so this was an action adventure racing game on the playstation 
two. Um, stunt driver? Oh, you are painfully close. Painfully close. Before Mike gets his try, uh-huh. I'm going to be very generous and say, would you like to try rewording that? <laughs> uh, stunt driving. Stuntman. Stuntman. There we go. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Mr. Vin Diesel himself. <laughs> that was such a good one. game. 2002, I think it originally came out in North America and it came out uh, on, well, I think Game Boy Advanced weirdly as well. But it was PlayStation 2 originally and I just loved that game. And the reason it came to mind, I was watching uh, James Bond Goldfinger last night and was watching the stunts as the cars were driving around and the people jumping out of the way being missed by like fractions of inches. They were just... It was the stunt was amazing in that, and it made me think. I remember there was a game where I used to do that, and you're talking about crowd scatter scenes being some of the most dangerous things to do, and it just sparked a memory in my brain. It was such a good game. The physics were phenomenal. The cars just handled amazingly, and it was brutally difficult. You had to get sort of almost millimeter precision when you're driving these stunts to avoid whacking into people and scenery and all kinds of good stuff. It was great. Did either of you play it? Yeah, I am. Um... Yeah, I did. <laughs> not not like and not that much of it. I think my brother had it, so I did play it, mm. but it's not one that I was particularly I didn't not cuz I didn't like it. I just didn't have I didn't spend that much time on it really. Oh, I would love them to do a remake yeah. of it cuz it was just there was something really engaging about the whole setup. It was you went from movie to movie to movie and the director would just say, "Right, in this scene we're going to do this," and you would literally just drive the scene. And it was so much fun, but yeah, brutally difficult. I don't think i ever finished it but yeah i would like a remake of that although i suspect uh, it was developed by reflections interactive i don't even know if they're around anymore it's published by info grams 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 i don't know oh, oh yeah so <laughs> remember their cover yeah, there's their- a, a lot of games scattered due to them but uh, you're in luck alistair if you ever pick up Forza Horizon 4, it does have a stunt driver quest does line, it? Oh, where you're nice. just doing stunts for movies that are getting filmed in scotland uh, which is fantastic that sounds so okay you may enjoy that now I really really want to get it I've currently got Xbox Game Pass on my PC but that game requires a graphics card that is not 12 years old and I can't play it but now I really 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 want to damn it alright okay yeah. that was game number one well done, so Anton. point to Anton thank you moving on we are going to stick with um, Sony's platform shall we say so the next game from the same developer uh, well same publisher also Info Creams Go with that. Uh, turn-based Rams. tactical <laughs> artillery video game. Published in 2000. Any guesses? Commandos? It is not Commandos. S- uh, SOCOM? It is not SOCOM. It was uh, very tongue-in-cheek. It did not take itself seriously. It was later released on Windows. And the box art had a helmet on the front with a slogan, Born to Grill. Army men? Not army men. Toy Soldiers? Not Toy Soldiers. It was basically... Oh, one of our patrons had just got it. Yep. <laughs> they are correct. Uh, it was kind of think worms, but with different animals. It was a single-player career mode, a multiplayer offline, and uh, yeah, you basically just fired lots of weapons at each other. 3D. I'm sure I had this. Um, so bad with Ants? It. Sorry, Anton? Ants? It is not Ants. See if I can give you one more clue. Uh, what can I tell you? 
I thought I said it was 3D. Oh, it featured uh, voice voice artistry by British com- comedy actor Rick Mail and Mark Silk. I had this game. I can't think what it's called. This is fun because, you know, Despite not knowing it, at least I'm not as in much pain as Mike right now. I know, I'm, I'm sort of drawing this out because I don't really want to take Mike out of his misery. I'm enjoying watching him squirm over the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say this was originally PlayStation? Yeah, the original PlayStation and then it was released on Windows as well. Oh, Five, four, three, two, one. Centipede. It is Hogs of War. I don't think I got Silence. it. Silence. It was it was <laughs> it was a, a good fun game. Uh, basically, pigs yeah, running around blowing each other up and a World War yeah. One era setting. Yeah, it wasn't what I was thinking of. I, I vaguely remember that now. Um, the Rick Mail thing reminds yeah reminds me of that era where they were doing some tongue in cheek stuff. I remember there being a Monty Python PC game at one point, um, which was slightly earlier than that. But just that whole kind of nineties to two thousand era of random voice voices appearing. Anyway, well, well done, I love it. Uh, Alistair. You caught us both oh. out. Jolly good. All right, well, that's one to Anton so far, uh, one to the patrons so far, so let's see if Mike can um, bring himself back up and back in contention. Uh, right, this game, you've got to give me the year. Closest the pin mm-hmm. wins. The title is Waiting in Line 3D. Okay. It was Anton, I'll tell you, it was a PC platform. Went. Yep, Anton, on you go. Uh, 1995. Mike? Uh, I'll go 96. I think it was later than that. And Mike has redeemed himself. You're oh, one apiece. <laughs> it was the year 2013. 2013. <laughs> wow. Yep. wow. So that makes it a tie for this week. You both get a point. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad that I got a point for being 17 years off from my guess ah but them is the rules and you made them up (laughs) I'll take it I I did make up those rules so I will quite happily take that Um, however I'm not going to give you two points for that I'm going to give you one apiece so Anton's now on two you're on one because I think that would be unfair Yeah, I think that would be unfair, but that's that is fair to make it uh, two two one. So yes, um, yeah, there we go. There's a there's a whole uh, quiz done where I managed to get a point. So I'm on the way to redeeming myself. And next week it'll be a clean sweep, probably to Anton. But you know, at least I'll give. No, it no, no. He's on his way from misery to happiness. Literally, uh, that is it. Uh, we will be back during the week for our Patreons. We're doing an episode of the prequel. We've also got our. Monday evening expansion chat which is always very exciting and uh, Alistair anything you just want anyway, if you want to get in touch with you how would they do that yeah so because I'm still old and grumpy and refuse to do social medias uh, I'm on the email so please send me an email to podcast at nsukp.co.uk I believe we've got social channels Uh, you can get the other boys on them they've got something to do with at symbols Indeed. So if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook, you can send us a little wee tweet or twat at NSUK Podcast. <laughs> tweet preferably. Uh, that is it for this week. Have a lovely week and we will see you in the future. Until then, goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.